0: This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Doctor Julie Capel, episode number eighty seven. Hi, everyone, welcome to the podcast. I am in Michigan this week recording the podcast, The weather is so-so. It's not the greatest. It's a little dreary out today. So I had a little bit uh, this morning of the weather blues because I'm one of those people that is highly affected when there is no sunshine. I feel like uh, it just brings me down a little bit. So in order to brighten my mood and get excited about the day, I decided that I would record a podcast because this is one of my favorite things to do. I just love talking to you. I love gathering information, trying to organize it so it makes sense, and then put it to the podcast. So this week, I would love to talk to you about something that I think is really interesting. It's always been interesting to me, but it was brought to light for me uh, this past weekend because I had the privilege to work with a group of the the Young Veterinarians in Michigan, and one of them was even a veterinary student with a program called the Power of Ten Leadership Academy. And the Power of Ten has been going on in the MVMA for probably at least 10 years now, I'm thinking. But I became one of the mentors for the program uh, two years ago. They usually have two veterinary mentors, and then there's about 10 to 12 um, young veterinarians, people that have been out of school, usually less than five years, um, some of them maybe six or seven. And then this this year on our uh, Power of 10 group, we have a veterinary student. So basically the idea um, around the Power of 10 Leadership Academy is to have a year's worth of continuing education and training in order to support young veterinarians and also teach them some things about leadership, give them some camaraderie so they can get to know each other in the state of Michigan so they have some people at their disposal if they need help. And then also for um, the mentors, which is myself and another gentleman, to help them in all things, coaching, coaching, giving them advice as far as running their businesses if they're so inclined, and also just how to be better leaders and how to take better care of themselves. So it's a really interesting program. And last weekend was our first um, gathering for this year. Usually it starts in the fall and goes to the following fall, and it's a quarterly program. So we meet four quarters, for entire days, and usually in person, although last weekend we were on a Zoom call. But we met for two days, a Friday and a Saturday, and we talked about some really interesting and fun things. And so because of that Power of 10 program, I came up with this idea of talking to you about leadership development through better self-awareness, because this is something that we used in our two-day program um, to help the young veterinarians. So self-awareness is important to leadership and it is defined as conscious knowledge of one's own character, feelings, motives, and desires. And so if you can become more self-aware as a human being and also as a leader, then that will allow you to open yourself up to improvement and self-improvement, which is something that I really enjoy and you know that. And it allows us to work to become better leaders. And as we look inward, we can create better outward leadership. So getting to know ourselves is A big piece, and I would say one of the most important pieces to becoming a strong leader is getting to know your strengths and your weaknesses in order to allow you to guide other people and also influence those other people to move towards a common goal. And so the first thing we did on this weekend um, with the Power of 10 is the first thing we talked about was personalities and personality profiling. And our CEO of the MVMA, John, did this really interesting program about DISC the DISC profiling system. And he's been studying this for quite a few years. He's really brilliant with it. And, um, and I hope to have him on the podcast at some point to talk about it. Um, but he went through the DISC system to help us identify our behavior styles. And you all know that I love that. And I think that getting to know yourself through those kind of studies And the personality profiling, whether it's DISC, Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, um, or the big five personality that Bridget and I talked about recently, it's so important to understand where you're motivated and where your motivation comes from. And then once you get to know yourself better through these personality profiling systems, it will open you up to understanding other people better. So just some brief points about the DISC system, and there are a couple of my podcasts where I talk about DISC, but it's just a system to identify and appreciate your behavior styles and then also adapt those behaviors that are ingrained in you to achieve better communication with other people and their behavioral styles. So that's the beauty of learning about different people's behavior preferences. It's not necessarily something that we can't change, but because we are so strongly ingrained in our own personality, profile, likes and dislikes, Once we get to know those, then we can allow ourselves to understand why we might have problems communicating with people or why we might be able to better adapt ourselves to communicating with other styles. So using DISC and using the other personality profiling platforms will allow you to create more self-awareness, that conscious knowledge, that knowledge of your own motivations. And that is so important as a first step in becoming a really strong leader. Now, as we were going through the personality systems and talking about it and things were being pointed out to us about ourselves, a key thing that I really wanted to talk about on the podcast today was not taking those DISC assessments, Myers-Briggs, any of those personality profiling systems and using them as a weapon Against yourself, because as a human with that negative brain of ours, we have a tendency to think that whatever it is that sounds bad in a personality assessment, you know, you all know that in my um, Enneagram seven and my disk style D and I, we are not defined as highly detailed people. And that will sometimes pop up for me as a criticism of myself. So what happens with us with a lot of these things when we start to learn about them is our primitive brain will start to use them as weapons against us. And many times it will actually create shame about who we are and how we see the world and how we relate to the world. And I want to encourage you to be aware of that because many times when we're learning about ourselves, you will focus on the negative traits or your perceived negative traits that will come up for you. And then your brain will, will want to create shame about that. Well, why is it that I'm not highly detailed? Why am I so chatty? Why is it that I'm a high D and I can be very bossy and directive? And even that word bossy is has negative connotations and it brings up shame for our prim- primitive brain. So what I want to encourage you to do is when you're working towards these self-awareness things and using these tools to create more self-awareness, that you be careful not to let that primitive brain of yours go to shame and self-criticism and self-loathing because that will happen and if you can be onto that part of your brain and realize that that's something that your brain wants to do then perhaps you can stop it and think of these things as more about understanding yourself and not judging yourself. So an example of that for me comes up during this DISC discussion that we had with the Power of 10 about the high D and the high I. In the DISC system, I am usually very high D, very high I. Sometimes my I is a little higher than my D or vice versa, depending on where my brain's at. When I'm stressed out, I get very D. I get very dominant, very kind of challenging to people and even though i've done the disc training so many times and i know exactly i know exactly how my test is going to come out i have a tendency to focus on the negative words that come up so this is something that we have to be cautious about, right? Because our negative brain wants to judge us. It wants to tell us that we're not worthy. It wants to call, cause a shame. And in my case, when I was going through the DISC assessment this past weekend, these are the words that came up for me as a high D and as a high I. So the high D words were competitive, adventuresome, decisive, persistent, challenge-oriented, demanding under stress, which I don't like that word demanding, but it's true. And so when my brain says, oh, you're demanding, that primitive brain of mine is very judgy and it causes me shame around that word. But if I can remember that each person possesses all of these traits and they are just stronger in certain people than others and my being aware of the fact that I can become demanding under stress, it's a really good thing. We want to embrace these things and we want to learn about them. And because I'm a high I, I'm extroverted, I am fast-paced, and realizing that that when I'm working with people that are not as extroverted and slower-paced, that I can be intimidating to those people. Understanding that about myself, embracing that about myself, and not causing shame for myself is one of the big keys in developing myself as a good leader for all types of individuals, not just people that are like me in the DISC styles that I possess. And one of the other things it said for me, which I thought was amazing, and and it's so true, and I've heard it many, many times before on all of my personality testing that I've done, one of the sentences that came up for me was that I take on too much too soon. And that just makes me laugh because I have a tendency to do that. Even when I'm recording the podcast for you, I have notes and I'm pretty organized, but sometimes I'll get ahead of myself or sometimes I will get things out of order or I'll talk too fast and... So it's just part of my personality that I have to understand and embrace and try to work around. So as I'm a leader for other people that have different behavioral styles, that I can hopefully adapt to their behaviors to make the information that I'm conveying and my influence easier for them to accept and easier for them to follow. Because in order to be a leader, there has to be some followers or at least a team of people around you that you're leading to the common goal. And that's the whole definition of leadership. So becoming a good leader requires this enhanced self-awareness. So try not to take these things that you're learning about yourself, whether it's through personality profiling or in any other venue when you're trying to become a leader, try not to embrace any of the negative connotations that some of these words come with and try not to go to that place of shame because shame serves serves no purpose to us. It's that part of your brain that wants to beat you up is not purposeful to learning about yourself and growing your influence as a leader and also in getting to know yourself. Another thing that we talked about in learning about self-awareness as it relates to leadership is the concept of emotional intelligence. So there was this book, Emotional Intelligence 2.0, written by Travis Bradbury, and he defines emotional intelligence as the ability to recognize and understand our emotions and the emotions of others, and then the ability to manage those emotions. And so much of the self-awareness journey that we take requires you to have the self-awareness to understand your emotions and learning that your emotions are created by your thinking. And we've talked about this before, that our thoughts are the things that create our emotions. And then realizing that much of your thinking is very involuntary and ingrained in your brain mostly developed by your past and your experiences of the past. And therefore, some of these thoughts that you're having over and over again become very strong thoughts, then they turn into beliefs. And you have this very deeply ingrained belief that something is true. And so this emotional intelligence piece allows us to kind of pick apart what we've always thought in the past that's caused our emotions of whether it's shame or whether you're judgmental of yourself, whether there's negative emotion revolving around things that you've done in the past. The emotional intelligence piece allows you to kind of tease that out and understand it and create self-awareness around the emotions. And then once we become aware of the emotions and how they affect our actions and the things that we do in life, then we are on our way to being able to change and being able to grow as leaders and also as humans. The self-development piece, and that's the thing that we all wanna strive for. So becoming more self-aware as a leader allows us to change. And many of us have a brain that doesn't like to change. Those D's and I's out there might not have as much problem with change, but if you're one of those people whose brain really resists change, this is a very important piece for you to understand, is understand what you're thinking and how it affects the emotions that you're feeling. Because when you have an emotion, that's what causes your actions and how you show up in the world. So this is something super important for you to embrace. Now, when you're embracing this emotional intelligence or understanding your emotions in order to become more self-evolved, you have to understand that there's a lot of fear involved in this process because your brain doesn't really want to face all these things. That's where the fear and the shame come in. So realizing that you are going to have fear when you start to really push towards change and push towards this growth that you want to embrace and becoming self-aware, realizing that fear is going to be there and then not fearing that fear is very key in order to overcoming it, staying on your toes, remembering that as you go through self-examination, that your response might be fear and might be shame, and understanding what thoughts are causing that fear and shame. So learning to manage your emotions and accepting the reality of all those things that are going to come up as we begin to become better leaders and change through self-awareness is part of the system to getting there. So if you can just open up to it and just accept it and go along with it, it's going to serve you very, very well. Now, the last thing that I want to talk about while we're talking about self-awareness and leadership is this continued curiosity that leaders need to have. It may be very natural to you to be a curious individual. You may be one of those people that wants to get all the facts and do all of the research and go through all of the things that it takes in order to learn about something. But if you're not naturally that way, if you're not naturally curious, pursuing curiosity is something that will allow you to go on this self-awareness journey. It's critical for people that want to develop as leaders to have this healthy state of constant curiosity. Looking at other strong leaders, talking to them, asking them questions, following along with their experiences, reading books, all these things are going to open up your mind to different ideas. And as you go and as you develop as a leader, you will see that there are no rules when it comes to leadership. There's a lot of people that can teach you about different ways to lead a group, different ways to get the end result that you want when you're developing your team. However, there's no one perfect way to develop your leadership. It's going to be an individual journey for you. And that is one of these things that we talked about a lot during our Power of 10 last weekend is that having this healthy curiosity and this lifelong learning passion is something that you want to foster in yourself. If you're not somebody that reads for the sake of learning, or if it's difficult for you to pick up a self-help book or pick up a book that just talks about learning about leadership or developing your mind, and that scares you in some way, working through that fear will help you so much. That curiosity for learning is something that you have to have if you want to become a better leader. And the curiosity about yourself is going to help you with this whole self-awareness piece of the leadership puzzle. And I would say that knowing about yourself is the most important step into becoming one of those authentic, powerful servant leaders that we want to procure in our practices, in our families, and just in life in general. All of these skills that you'll learn through self-examination and self-awareness will allow you to become a better human. One of the definitions that we talked about during our Power of 10 uh, meeting was the actual definition of what leadership is, because everybody kind of has their own definition of how they see leaders. And I've always been one of those people that sees myself as more of a servant leader Although because I'm a high D, I can be very directive for sure, but I would choose if I had my druthers to create more of a collaboration within my team, and that's what I've always strived to do. But the the definition of leadership um, that we kind of came up with and talked about a little bit and I want to share with you is the ability to influence and understand others and serve their needs in order to create space for them to reach their full potential and thus the group to reach their goals. And I just really liked that definition definition of leadership because it includes our ability to influence and understand others which comes from the self-awareness concept and also serve The other people's needs. And that comes from us learning about ourselves and then learning about other people and having that emotional intelligence piece so we can understand emotions and then creating space for them to reach their full potential. Because arguably, if you don't allow other people to reach their full potential, then your group is not going to reach its full potential. The total amount of work that any group can do is always much stronger than the individuals within it. And so it's this compounding interest kind of concept, kind of like if we were talking about money, the more you've. Feed into yourself and feed into others, it will allow this compounding effect of your growth and then your team's growth, and then together the growth of your organization and your veterinary hospital or whatever team that you're running. And that can include your family. A lot of these concepts can be applied to you as a wife, husband, mother, daughter, friend, all of these concepts can help you to become a better leader in all aspects of your life. So as you begin to develop yourself as a leader, realize that there are going to be some risks to this. There are going to be some stumbling blocks. And most of those are going to revolve around your primitive brain and the fact that it wants to stop you. It's that fear of stepping out. It's that fear of coming out of the cave, so to speak. So many of us are perfectionists, right? We want to be perfect. And that perfectionism will definitely hold us back from becoming more self-aware. We have that fear that someone might find out that we're not perfect. We have that fear of failure, We don't want to step out of the crowd. We don't want anyone to know that we are trying to grow. Sometimes just putting putting yourself out there and saying, I'm trying to learn about myself, I have a coach, or I'm getting therapy, or I am reading this book, this self-help book. Just saying that out loud is kind of scary. People don't want to let other people know that they're going on this self-awareness journey. And what I would like to encourage you to do is be aware that those thoughts are going to come up for you, that that perfectionist brain of yours is going to want you to stay small and not step out and learn and grow as a leader and as a person, but allowing your brain to say those things to you, to bring up the fear, to bring up the points that maybe you're not perfect, that that's all okay. Okay. Those feelings are normal. Those feelings are natural. You are going to be one of those people that as you grow and as you push towards bigger self-awareness or leadership in any way, your brain is going to want to hold you back. And that's just part of the process. So understanding that that's all normal and you're going to feel it and then not being afraid to feel it is a big factor in going on this journey with yourself. So my assignment for you this week would be to take one step towards becoming more self-aware and then using that self-awareness to analyze where it is that you can grow as a leader. So one step could be going on a personal journey of self-discovery through personality profiling, taking a disc test, a Myers-Briggs, listening to a podcast or studying up on one of the personality profiling systems, and then really taking a good look at what it says about you, the good and the bad, to help you get to know yourself. And then remembering that your brain's going to want to judge and then learning not to judge what comes up for you as you start to examine yourself. And learn about yourself. So the shame is gonna come, the fear is gonna come, but realizing that that's part of the deal and that you can step over it and continue to step into more self awareness. And then when those emotions do come up, understanding that they're coming from thoughts that have. Possibly been ingrained to you your whole life. It may be something that your parents said when you were a child. It may be something that somebody said to you in the third grade or the fourth grade. And that is so deeply ingrained in your primitive brain that it will bring up all these negative thoughts for you when you start to see words in front of you that you don't like. Managing those emotions, remaining curious. In spite of the emotions that come up, is super important that curiosity, that lifelong learning piece when we develop and go into self study. And then being aware that this is risky. This is, it's going to feel risky to your brain. And understanding that this risky business is exciting and it's purposeful and it will help us to develop as better leaders and help us to create bigger things in the world and have bigger goals and get a team around us to accomplish these goals. So whether it's better serving your clients, better serving your family, or creating a business or whatever it is that you want to do, this is the step that you need to overcome this risk of not being perfect, I guess is what I want to say, because we are such perfectionists in this profession. So, just briefly, I want to tell a little story about myself to to illustrate this whole self awareness leadership concept. When I decided to become a life coach, it sounded very airy fairy to me. You know, we're scientists, we want facts and figures. And so, for somebody like me that spent my almost my entire life in the sciences, it was a kind of an interesting concept to embrace is this life coaching thing. So I really wanted to help people. I wanted to develop as a coach, and I always loved the leadership coaching part of it, but I wanted to learn about life coaching. And because it sounded so strange to me and my brain didn't know where to come part mentalize it, uh, it was a big risk. I felt very judged by myself. I felt some shame in letting people know that I was even looking into it and learning about it. And it took me several years of studying. You know, I've studied self-help my whole life, and I've studied leadership my whole life. But when I really started to study the concept of life coaching as a profession, it brought up a lot of shame. It brought up a lot of doubt in my mind, because I just didn't see the um, the science behind it. And I was afraid to step out and tell people that this is what I was going to do. And so I had to really fight that little chihuahua brain of mine telling me that, you know, life coaching isn't real. And it's kind of a strange concept. And there's no, you know, absolute degree that you can get in life coaching. It's more of a certification type program. And is that really real? And can I really help people with it? Is it going to add to the world in the way that I wanted to add to the world and so I I had all this self doubt I had all of these things that I had to deal with and I had to overcome and that journey was difficult it took me a while to understand where those emotions were coming from and understand why it was a scary thing for me to call myself a life coach. And I had to get certified and I had to study and I really had to back up the thoughts that I had about doing this with a lot of data because we're so data driven and we're such perfectionists. And but But when I was able to get beyond that, when I was able to embrace it as a concept that I could really get my head around and really get my teeth into, so to speak, and just really share with people and realize that this is such useful stuff that I can share with the world and with other veterinarians, I just got so excited about the goals that I was setting for myself in the area of coaching. And then I started blogging and I started podcasting and and all the things. But it really, at the beginning brought up a lot of doubt for myself. And so I just want to encourage you, if you have any big, scary, big hairy goal, they call them scary hairy goals, if you have one of those and your brain is just full of doubt and really confused as to what your next step could be, take some advice from me and just push through little bits one day at a time. Realize that as you go down this path of leadership and self-awareness, that little tiny steps are going to lead to bigger and better things. And overcoming that perfectionism that we all have in our careers and in in our brain will help you to create these much bigger things and add to other people's development. It's going to allow you to become an authentic leader. So there's one more thing that I want to leave you with. It is a quote from Roy T. Bennett, which I thought was really good for this podcast. And it says: strong people have a strong sense of self-worth and self-awareness. They don't need the approval of others. And if you can remember that the approval of others is not important, the approval of yourself is what makes life worth living, then all of these doors will open up for you through self-awareness and through your leadership development. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I hope that some of these concepts that I've brought to your attention have been useful. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please go to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. The more reviews I get, the more people I can get to listen to the podcast, the more information that we can share together. If you need coaching or you need help in any way, go to my website, juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com and... I've got a calendar there that you could sign up for coaching. Also, if you want to sign up for my Wednesday weekly words each week, I send out a little bleep of of encouragement for you on some of these topics that we talk about on the podcast. I've really enjoyed having you here with me today. I love knowing that you're out there listening. Uh Have a beautiful week out there, my friends, and stay strong in this time of COVID when we're serving all of these clients. I'm with you. I was at work yesterday, and I'll be there tomorrow. I totally get what you're going through. So let me know if I can help in any way, and have a really beautiful week. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.